0: Oh, yeah. Hey, okay. okay. Welcome everybody to the Tag Your podcast. This is Ray Ray, and in this episode, we continue recapping the apologetical discussion we had with Dr. Richard Howe and Adam Tucker on their "Why Do You Believe?" podcast. So yeah, we uh, we said that we would uh, kind of continue going on with our discussion with uh, Richard Howe and Adam Tucker on their uh, "What Do You Believe?" podcast, and yeah. so we kind of got like a minute. And yeah, he only got in it, when we started but we hit that um yes uh, so just to kind of let you guys know there is some stuff out there um we have an article written about us from Ad- yeah. adam tucker and the interaction um also there has been some comments made and stuff like that about our last recap and so um if we did come off like way too sarcastic or too attacking you know that's that's one of those things like i understand that a lot of times um tone can be misjudged. Um, I'm sorry if, if that's the way we get taken and all that kind of stuff. But I also, at the same time, I know that that's usually a go-to argument as well. And so, you know, let's, you know we we just have to go like like let's act like brothers and not just like and i'm going art- to share the article and, and i will share the article yeah. we will
1: we'll not deal with the so. article today but we would like to deal with the article yeah the abc's uh, and 123's share the article right here yeah. uh please take a look at it i and think we'll adam get- does a great job i did not get everything of it read yeah. uh, i was in the hospital so yeah. uh you have to give me a little bit of uh scrutiny then i had to come back and and write my sermon uh which is still good glad to get to do it man yes. praise the lord awesome glad so i got that's to what preach. we'll deal
0: with next week we'll deal with the article but uh for now we'll kind of just keep on going on yeah. um so we we had richard howe um talking and we got like i said we only got a minute and a half into it so um, <laughs> we'll sort of overlap to get his point here and then mm-hmm. move on in the discussion so here we go here is dr richard howe
1: We'll be nicer to him than we are, Rustine, by
2: the way. <laughs> yeah. Before you can give specific evidence and arguments for the truth of the Christian faith, the reason that is in our mind is because arguments for the truth of Christianity, in particular among competing theisms in the world, is it will be an appeal, among other things, to historical miracles, not the least of which is the resurrection of Jesus. But- and so, yeah,
0: so just to kind of uh, reiterate on that, um, there's competing theisms. And so we're going to do apologetics and relativism, which I find so yeah that's um, that's where I find a problem like we're going to live in a we're going to allow a relativistic reality and we're going to argue our relativism with their relativism. And so I've, I've gotten this uh, into this with with a, an internet buddy of mine um, and he's just like, you know you're being subjective. And I'm like, well in your worldview, I'm being subjective, you're being subjective. Where's the standard?
1: That's right. You have to have some type of an ultimate authority, and that becomes the real problem for me. And And again, my issue would be the appeal to reason is not a objective standard. And by that, I mean this. We might say, oh, look, our connection point, and this is my problem with classical apologetics, and again, if I've been wrong, I'm always, I'm teachable, ready to learn. Always. But If my appeal, and from what I get to there is, well, we're going to appeal to their reason to bring a generalized theism and acceptance of God to their mind first. Yeah. So here's the problem. Number one, we do not have reason as a universal. People reason differently. People, there are some people that think it is perfectly reasonable to kill babies in the womb. There are people who think it is perfectly reasonable to steal.
0: Yeah, and so you get into those underlying, per, uh, you know, presuppositions on. Well, if we are all molecules in motion, everything is permissible. Why should I care about you? Bingo. You know, and so whenever you're reasoning with something like that, yeah, you can you can be like, well, don't you feel that that's wrong? It's like, well, now are you if you're going to use logic, sh- should I feel? Should, that's a pathetic fallacy, by the way, on that. And so, you know, you can appeal to these people, but then you're, again, you're going to end up going down their road. If you get them on, on your road via this, it's only going to be because of the Holy Spirit, an, but it doesn't make your position right.
1: So, an ultimate authority is a position, a foundation that you do not stand, you, you can't get behind. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, on top of it. Yeah. And this also so, speaks
0: into the idea of, um, just he says like on the, just the the little bit of inerrancy that we talked about he yep. said that you know he and he said it in other places too that we get our hermeneutics from mm, reality yes right yes, yes. we get our hermeneutics from reality well in this sense um okay so the reality is and he would admit is that every fact is a fact because god made it right yes, agreed That's think that they'd fact, be right on, right on on with that yeah so they, so they get they get everything from that reality but then he's going but there is competing. Theism, right? Is there? Is that reality? No, it is not reality. So now you are stuck in a dilemma because you're saying we get everything from reality, yet you say competing theisms are a reality. That's not really reality. So then, my, my, yeah. my issue, and I, yeah.
1: gosh, we, we played like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're, we're kind of unloading after that. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then none of that is to misrepresent no, or to belittle no. by any means. I want to make sure that that's very clear. So, I want to jump back to this problem. As a presuppositional covenantal apologist, our goal. And I don't think this has got represented really well. And I and I hope if we get another discussion that we get to put this forward. And I'm sure, uh, Doctor Howe, he he had listened to all of our other shows, which was quite a privilege, yeah. by the way. Thank you. That was an honor. And and we're so grateful, uh, Mr. Tucker, watched last time. Very thankful for him. Like feel privileged that he wrote a blog about us, and we'll try to respond. Uh, what you do in a covenantal apologetic is you stand on their foundation. And you demonstrate its inconsistency, its arbitrariness, and its inability to provide for the preconditions of intelligibility. Because reason alone cannot do that, the position is seen as utter foolishness, deconstruct it. It's the quicksand quotient, as Dr. Oliphant would put it.
2: Yeah. But miracles are only possible if there is a God who exists. So, if a, if a naturalist or an atheist is consistent with his naturalism or atheism, he would never be able to uh, conclude that an, an event from history was a true miracle.
0: Because- okay, and then you, so you just made the case for us. Yes. That's the thing is, so, so you, you go, um, if, you, if you can get this person to even believe that a miracle happened, then you can go, well, you can't even get an atheist on a naturalistic perspective to admit miracles. Yes. So, what's the deal? And here's the yeah.
1: problem. If I'm going to rely on a general theism or general miracle, right? And a, God bless the uh, the great apologetic tool that miracles are. I am not against it. And I don't want to sound like I'm against that. Like, I'm totally not. I'm 100% for miracles as an apologetic. Mm-hmm. I think that they point unequivocally to God. I'm with him on that. But the problem is, if that is my primary position, I'm going to demonstrate the evidence of miracles and the reality that they exist because of the weight of the evidence, because of the preponderance of evidence, all of these miracles, you have to believe. Then you have a serious problem because then you have to jump back to scripture. Yeah. And you can't be consistent with it. And so the... Consistent, even to use that quotation, the consistent atheist is going to say, "Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 what? Wait, 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 how did we get to the Bible?" Yeah, so that's not re- again. That's not reason alone. That is reason plus special revelation, which is not a part of the apologetic. That's right. You, you, you have stated that we can reason to the triune God of Scripture without special revelation. We should do it by what we see out here alone. You don't need yes. It. But don't, so you you can't use special revelation whenever you discuss miracles. But then again, I don't even know by, without special revelation, I don't, who do I know Jesus is? Do I have to go to Eusebius? Why do I, why do I get to use this? Or do I just treat it as just a historical document? I'm not going to do that with script, with the scriptures, not with God's word. I'm not going to treat, the, I'm not going to treat it like that. Yeah. So, you know, where do I go to know who Jesus is without special revelation? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can treat the Bible again. So this is is it God honoring. And I've asked that question. Is it God honoring to put him in the dock for one? Is it God honoring just to treat his word as, you know, frivolous for a little bit to hopefully expect that the person ends up not treating it frivolous?
2: Mm. Because in order to be a miracle, there would have to be a God who is the cause of that event. So as a matter of principle, we would insist that a person has to know that. If you
0: can get somebody to think something is a miracle, um, they can just go, well, there might be something to explain that though. So you're, you're talking to an, a rebellious person that's going to use the intellect that God gave them to figure out ways around worshiping that God that they hate. And so they come up with rescuing devices. We see it all the time. We see it in the evolution debate where there's always like, well, you know, um, yeah, we have this uh, dinosaur bone, that has soft tissue uh it just must have been encased differently than our normal- it's it's the exception to the rule and so we're just going to keep on believing what we believe um until we f- and we'll figure out why it has soft tissue right right on and so you haven't convinced them why because they don't want what you believe to be true yes again so uh, <laughs> you, you can't reason with an unreasonable person
2: it has to know that God exists. Before they could even be open to the possibility that an event from history like the resurrection but of Jesus was the even problem.
1: possible. That's the problem. He says they have to be open for God, for a God to exist in order to be open to the possibility of the resurrection. Okay. When you win someone to general theism, you have won them to an idol. Yes. That's the problem. You have won them to a generic God that can do anything. You've won them to the flying spaghetti monster. I'm not trying to be dismissive in that, but that's the problem. Oh, I believe that a general God exists. But then what do you do? The next thing you do is you go to Scripture. Right? I mean, William Lane Craig has straight up said, I'm not here in this debate to prove that the God of Scripture exists. I have a real problem with that.
0: No, no, no. I would make a distinction between William Lane Craig because he is like complete evidentialism Mm -hmm. to where, you know, Richard Howe is not William Lane Craig. So I I will give him, like, he is so, Richard is so more close to us than he is. And and, and I'd say
1: this too, and and I hope that this is well taken, because I do believe that it is true. I think both these guys are always trying to win people to the triune God of Scripture. Even by the mechanism that they're using of classical apologetics, their goal is always the triune God of Scripture. When someone like Dr. Craig has said that in a public debate, I have a very serious problem with that. I do believe that he is a Christian 100%. I do believe that he wants people to come to the triune God of Scripture. But they're taking a step out of it. That's the problem. My big piece is, again and again, can you show me from Scripture... Anytime someone needed to be one to general theism, because as Paul stands on the hill in Athens in act 17, those folks believed in a generalized God and it or was wrong. Many gods or, or yeah. And it just, was wrong. Yeah. And he was pointing them to the triune God of scripture. You might say, well, what about the person who doesn't believe in any God at all? I don't think that person exists. Why yeah. the Bible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, that, that problem um, up ahead.
2: Possible. So now the evidentialist is more or less going to say, well, it doesn't really matter. We can kind of mix all these questions together, God, resurrection, and these kind of things. So for us, it's a principle debate, even if practically speaking, people sometimes aren't consistent, and they may jump from some some point to some conclusion inconsistently, so to speak. With respect, however, to how we see ourselves vis-a-vis presuppositionalism in particular, I think a fair way to say it is that we, we give viability and credibility to the whole notion of natural theology, that human beings have faculties that we believe God has created us with that enable us to... Know certain aspects of reality, primarily and in initially, the physical world around us, and from those, in effect, undeniable truths, uh, we can demonstrate and const- or rather, construct and demonstrate the existence of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, G- and Jacob, and the God. The
1: problem is they're not undeniable truths. Yeah, and natural theology, and I would tell you, in my again, my position and understanding of Scripture, men are in the flesh; they cannot reason in spiritual things. First Corinthians chapter 12. They don't know how to do that. There is nothing in them that gives them that ability aside from a work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, I felt like when we jumped to the fact that the Holy Spirit was the one who is sovereign in salvation, that that, and maybe I misread it, but that was kind of, oh, that's your escape mechanism. No, not at all. That is the primary means. Apologetics works because God sovereignly chooses to use the Holy Spirit. He does it in classical apologetics, just like He does in
0: presuppositional. Yeah. So, so the issue is not, um, you know, God does use means, and so I think that came up. With, like they, it sounded like they took us like we shouldn't do apologetics, and it's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. God does use means. God does use the defense of the faith to. Get to the get the gospel to somebody for one, and I think it's better served in our position than than uh, uh, evidentialism or classicalism. Yeah, and, um, and I would say both because, of those means result, have won people to Christ. Yeah, and so here's the problem: is is like you're looking at the result, and then the. The result justifies the means, but you're not looking at the means. Is the means correct? And that's actually where the yes, debate rests. Yes, is that the means is correct? exactly. And again, we say the means Sip. of classicalism is not correct because it puts God in the dock. It puts His word into question. And what was the first sin? Was putting God's word into question. And so, how can we have a biblical um, apologetics that goes, "This is true." whether you believe it or not, and how can I demonstrate it to you? I can't directly demonstrate it to you, but I
1: can indirectly
0: demonstrate it to you.
1: Here's the key. Like, no joke, 100%. You go to a classical apologist. How should we do church? Well, what does it say in scripture? There's a scripturally derived ecclesiology. Excellent. How should we do worship? There's a scripturally demonstrated function to what worship is. How should we know how to do the Lord's Supper? There's a scripturally evident mechanism by which you should administer the Lord's Supper. How about baptism? You bet. Even though we might have some disagreements, it's still there. How do we deal with problems in the church? There's a scripturally derived mechanism for knowing how to do that. How should we respond to government? There's a scripturally derived mechanism by which we should do that. Okay. How do we do apologetics?
0: Well... We got to talk about natural theology. We're not going to talk about special revelation.
1: Well, Scripture doesn't tell us. Mm. Really. Really. Scripture does not show us how to defend the faith. Scripture doesn't show us how we're supposed to respond to charges against the gospel. Is, 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 am I reading that right? Is that, like, I don't want to misrepresent. Before yeah. I jump here to scripture, is that what you heard, or am I being silly in that? Like, Well,
0: I mean, just the approach is we're trying to not re- use this. First, we can't use this until we establish something from out here first.
1: Philippians one sixteen. Dr. Geisler's favorite verse. I am put here for the defense of the gospel. What does he use? Every time Paul got up and defended the gospel, how did he do it? I have done, I've done he the generic know, criticism. Yeah, and, and he doesn't
0: go, well, we need, you know, here's a causal chain of uh, and creation. You know what, I'll send you that go, article yeah,
1: yeah. so you can post it to the website. We can yeah, share it because I think it's a that. great piece. So why when we come to apologetics do we not use a systematic approach to understanding how to do it?
0: Especially as ones that have been enlightened by the Holy Spirit to have the scripture to be able to tell us.
1: Then the critique is that's not how we derive our hermeneutic. And I'd say we look at how the early church preached and and how how Jesus preached
0: We get our hermeneutics from reality, yet this interprets no, what, what we, reality is. But we can't use this. But so that's the problem, and it, it creates a sur- circle. Yeah.
1: We get our hermeneutic from Scripture because we're guided by the Holy Spirit in all truth. Notice that the that we have no recorded sermons of the disciples until after Pentecost. Follow me on this argument. Yeah. Jesus promised, I'll guide you in all truth. No recorded sermons. Now, did they have gospel conversations? Yes, certainly, obviously. But they were given an authority and an ability to rightly understand Scripture. Look to the Emmaus Road, Acts or Luke 24. Mm-hmm. He opened their eyes to understand Scripture. We can see the gospel of Matthew Matthew goes back and he looks at how all of the scripture points to Jesus. He couldn't see that until the Holy Spirit guided them in all truth. Yeah. So, where do we get our hermeneutic scripture? What do you mean? How can we read? How do we know that we're reading it right? Well, here's the thing as we read it, we'll be corrected as well in how to do it correctly, sanctification. Exactly. So again, we
0: get a hermeneutic from reality and we would say, yes, you get your hermeneutic from reality, but who gets to interpret that reality? Do you get to interpret it autonomously? And I know that they don't like that distinction that we make, but it has to be. And I think um, I shared a, a, a quote from uh, Scott Oliphant today on our website or on our Facebook page, but you know, everything that God does is covenantal. And if we think that there's nothing covenantal you know then their god isn't present and there's where your neutral spot is and then you're not even accountable for it anyway so why would you defend it (laughs) for one if you're not accountable if these people aren't accountable for it you're you're defending accountable things but there is that covenantal thing and this is this is why it is so uh different between us because we're we have at the basis different theology yes god is a covenantal god and that's how we know him. That, so, that's how we know what reality is, because we have yes. covenantal documents where we know, we don't know everything, but there are truths here that we know for it, certain. And I hope and they I'm can only not talking
1: past, or yeah. abusing, or misrepresenting, or besmirching. But the crux of the issue is, and the question is, why now change your decision on how to defend the faith? Which again, here's the key piece. For the covenantal apologist, apologetics and evangelism are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. That's not the same. That is not the same when it comes to, at least in my reading and my understanding, of classical apologetics. Because you're not always pointing to the gospel.
0: Yeah. You're just trying to get somebody to agree with you for a second and and hold their attention. That's just an attention holder. But the thing is, is we need to get them the gospel. So how 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 what kind of what how in my conversation how you know we got to look okay. How am I going to get this person um, the gospel? How what part of what what their unbelief is that I can share? Um, I guess sense making belief. Because they're they're looking at some they're holding something arbitrary against God they're going Grab like, your- this right here is what keeps me from believing God and I'm like well for one that's not true you don't want God to begin with and this is what you've come up with as your rescuing device <laughs> you know this is your this is what you're just trying you' you're trying to blame this instead of yourself you're we're always trying to make the blame outside ourselves. Um, but that's the thing is we are created in the image of God. We are part of creation, so we we ourselves speak to the glory of God. We, Since we're image bearers, we know that God exists, and we're trying to suppress even that about ourselves. That's why Paul goes into the image bearing and design idea of homosexuality and all that stuff because like those societies end up trying to get rid of every bit of the image of God and remove that from them. But they can't get away from it, though. Which is another thing at issue. You got something more to say before I, I do. was
1: going to tell you to grab your uh, to grab your institutes off the shelf, oh, yeah. but I've got it right here, and and that's fine. Um, I'm pulling it up on CCli okay. um, because, like, there it is. Boom, there we go. Institutes first book. So here's the deal. One of the things that those who are in the classical tradition, and I've read it more than once, they've continued to say. Well, the covenantal apologetic, it's just a recent new development. False. Synthesized and articulated, obviously, it was done most effectively by Van Til. But you cannot just straight up call Calvin a classical apologist. It's very, very clear. First
0: line, you know the line. Our
1: wisdom, insofar as it ought
0: to be deemed true and solid wisdom, consists almost entirely of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. But as these are considered together by many ties, it is not easy to determine which of the two proceeds and which gives birth to the other.
1: So say what you want and say, well, I don't want to, my wife gets on to me because I do voices and I do probably sound really like a jerk when I do that. So I got to be careful was my old uh, theater stuff coming out. So you can say well the covenantal approach didn't didn't exist until Van Til. False. We've both read the institutes. Others who are smarter than us have read the institutes and appealed to the reality that certainly we don't agree that Calvin is always consistent um We don't because we've read his chapter on baptism and we reject it. Like I actually feel really good about his chapter on the Lord's Supper. Disagree with him on baptism. Yeah, inconsistent in the way he applied the covenantal methodology.
0: And what was the difference? What's the difference there, though? It's tradition. That's why he was still a paedo Baptist. I agree. Among all the other awesome things, others have noted that too. Why classical apologetics? tradition and then this is what Van Til set out to do is to point out that tradition yes so, so it's it's something again and do so is in eternal, a- Yeah if something a- is eternally true like I've said in the past is it'll fly through history yes there'll be a ghost of it and there is the presuppositional ghost in Calvin though it was, they had other issues to deal with in 1535 they had so much more to deal with <laughs> than the defense of the faith in the way the methodology. But they were doing it while they were going against Rome. So there was a lot more fish to fry. And so we we just get to have fun tweaking as 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 uh and, and the argument isn't that land, oh but. hey
1: the the apostles did the covenantal method and then it just disappeared. No. Look if you want to proof text all the way through things go right ahead and you can find certainly times where people were being inconsistent in their application. But their question wasn't, what does scripture say about defending the faith? Van asked the question. We continue to ask the question. Like, I'm shocked. Like, literally, I am shocked. I've never found another person who did a generic analysis of all the sermons in the book of Acts to see what the continual themes were. I've done it. It will be on our I'm, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna give it to Adam before I leave tonight and we'll get it posted. I challenge anyone to use a generic analysis methodology to test the sermons of the book of Acts and demonstrate that the classical method is what they used. You cannot do it. I, I can tell you, I've done the research. I'm a yeah. trained rhetorical theorist. Like, my, ma- my bachelor's degree is in rhetoric and public discourse. My master's degree is in research methodology. I've done the work on this. I'm not saying that to sound like an arrogant person or pull out some academic card, but the reality is we can see what they did. Why someone didn't do something like that before, I don't know. Why? I mean, I think Van Til pretty much does it. I don't yeah. know that he applies the lens as particular as I do. And look, you can actually read. You'll be able to see... when we post this, you can read every single one of my uh, academic sources on rhetorical theory and on generic analysis. I want to see someone do that and come to a different conclusion. They're not going to. The data speaks for itself and in this, scripture speaks for itself. Yeah. Yep. Move on. Hope I didn't just like
2: go on some type of a crazy rant there, but but, yeah. And the God who incarnated in Jesus Christ. Uh, And so so we would just we would just deny the, the, uh, the assertion that it's the presupposition of God that is, has to be in place before we could have it, uh, knowledge. We can have knowledge even in the denial of God, because there are some things about reality.
0: That's because you are already presupposing God and unconsciously or, or consciously and suppressing it. So that's not what we're saying. This is a straw man. Yes. And so what we're saying is an argumentation. There has, if God is not presupposed, then it's going to be absurd, and we are going to show you the absurdity of the worldview you're trying to make for yourself. Without, like, you're trying to, it's basically you're everybody's building their own intellectual tower of Babel, and we're there to help crush it. Yes, and so everything does presuppose God, and you admit it, and you and you understand that part, you believe that part, but what you're failing to see in our in our methodology, I guess, is like they are already presupposing god that like they're whenever we hand them logic and they're being logical we need to say stop acting like a christian yes because everything that they're doing is presupposing god they're sitting in god's lap and slapping him in the face so well said so i mean well that's greg Bonson, yeah. it wasn't me so
1: <laughs> you i know, know i've read it too <laughs> yeah. so
0: but that, that's that's what it is and so we just need to point that out to them and i understand that we also get in this idea, since you know, since we're Calvinists, we get it all the time. Why evangelize? We got that from them saying, "Well, if this is the case, then presuppositionalism fails to do what it has. What's the goal to do?" And it's like, no, 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 not at all. We demonstrate it. Doesn't mean we're successful. Presuppositionalism does not get success in results. Mm. It gets success in being faithful yes. to the God of the apologetic. Yes, that's so we have two different well, goals. Our goal is to be faithful. God we there's there's the water there's the seed planter, there's the waterer, but who provides the growth? Where do you get your methodology
1: from? From philosophy or from scripture.
0: Yeah. That's the problem. And the thing is, is my scripture, my theology is my philosophy. And I'm not against studying
1: philosophy, by the way. Yeah, and and what sounds. No, the
0: philosophy is really good because we can see what man tries to do. And so whenever we think about where he says he's Aristotelian, so it's really interesting whenever they're mad that our apologetic comes from Kant. That's where it has its origin. That's what, they, that's what Adam Tucker said. And I'm like, well, why are you saying Aristotle? Is that where you find your origin? Or you find your origin in uh, Thomas Aquinas, which borrows from Aristotle. You're, you're, you're not saying anything there you're mad about it going to Kant. Why you, why aren't you mad about going to Aristotle? Why is Aristotle so cool? Um, but what was Paul speaking into whenever he said, don't worry about those, uh, man's traditions and those philosophies don't subscribe to them. Who was around yeah. Plato was BC. Aristotle was a student and then didn't like, Pla- didn't like Plato's stuff, didn't subscribe to it, started his own school. Um, what was Actually, around at Aristotle, the time? Aristotle, yeah.
1: Plato, Socrates.
0: I think it was before this. No, Socrates first. Socrates. Yeah, that's right, Socrates. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so, Thank you. Thank so you, you I this, really should fine. know that. Yeah. <laughs> so you have this line, and these people are around, and then uh, creates the Western sort of culture that's starting around in that time period where you get the Hellenism and all that kind of stuff there. Yeah. what was Paul, What was Paul speaking against? What were the pagans utilizing in Athens? Aristotle. Plato, Socrates. So we have a transcendent philosophy. Now, we do believe that there will be hints of truth in all things. And so there is truth that uh, Immanuel Kant got. And so the presuppositionalist recognizes that Kant was pretty darn close, that without God, you're stuck inside your head and everything's subjective and relative, and you can't know reality. But that's where the Christian has the answer you can know reality. You can know what's without you because God has told you. So we have a transcend. So it doesn't have its complete origin in Kant. It's just taking biblical truths and seeing what people have done out there. We can look at Aristotle and and actually by this standard say where Aristotle was right. We can look at here and say, where's Plato right? We can look at here and say, where's Socrates right? But where are they wrong? and then we can utilize these things that somebody might be doing in rebellion against God, and we can, we can u- utilize their intellects that they have, or stand on the backs of giants, and then progress with the standard of Scripture.
1: Man, I was so hoping. I saw that I got a friend request. I was so hoping. Or, a, yeah, a friend added me. Well, it was oh. a request. I was really hoping it was Russ Dean, because I invited <laughs> him to be my friend. Oh, sweet. Yep. I don't think he's going to. You should invite him too because he I won't will. know who you are. I will. Because uh, you had not sent him messages yet.
0: <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll post an invitation for a debate.
2: Yeah. Reality that we can't fail to know. And we think that ultimately because we know God has created us that way, even if the atheist doesn't. Even if he doesn't even see that it's God who made him. He, and the atheist still cannot fail if he's, if he's not blind to see that the sun is shining, for example.
0: And again, we'd have to Agreed. say, this is a straw man because you know if if you don't believe that presuppositionalism agrees with that, then that's a problem because we no and, and I straight up said things. that. Yeah. In fact, I think yeah. uh, I but loved is, and, and then I loved stopped it. Us and said, "Well, that's classical apologetics." And it's like, no, we still haven't dealt with the distinctions. Okay. And,
1: and so I think it was in the debate that I said, "Well, you can know your one two threes and your ABCs and tie your shoe." Uh, I think that was my direct quote. And maybe and that's I, why they. Okay, I, I think I I might be wrong. I yeah. might be wrong. I. I think I know that I said something like that. And that might be where he, he got at the title with the cool yeah. which is, which is cool. That was we agree completely. Um yeah, you can certainly do all kinds of things in the flesh. Yeah. Spiritual things.
0: But do you but on your worldview, do you know them? True spiritual things. Well, you have set up to suppress the truth that you know. Yes. How can you justify that?
1: You and, know and the, well then the critique of that is well, why do you need to justify knowledge? Why do you need to justify knowledge? Because you have to demonstrate that you're not an absurdity. Yeah. That's the problem. You have to every time in a debate or a discussion, every time you make an assertion, you're doing so based upon the claims of a ultimate authority. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're standing on something. But the real question is. Can what you're standing on hold you is up? It, is
0: it, well, is it a figment of your imagination that you're standing on? That's the quicksand quotient idea. Yes. You you show them that they're really not standing on anything
2: at all, really. Yes. So I think that's where the the, the rub comes, and then we can get into the weeds on some of those as we go along.
3: Sure. Uh, thank you uh, all for that. Uh, so let me, um, actually, let me change my uh, camera angle a little bit. Just saw that was kind of messed up there. There we go.
1: Mr. Tucker, Adams. Yes. Uh, I, I, I would probably confuse if I say Adam. So uh, <laughs> I, you are my friend, Adam, uh, Tucker. But if I refer to you as Mr. Tucker, it's only the designated difference and, and uh, <laughs> all to be un, un, uncordial. Um, I'm curious, you know, obviously you're kind of uh, moderating hosting. I'd love to hear a little bit from you as well. I think that that would be an effective thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, not that I'm not really glad to hear from Dr. Howe, but I'd love to hear, <laughs> hear you take it too. I think it's it, we'd all like to hear it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, sure. So again, just for context sake, uh, you know, this is, uh, for our audience, this is not a debate. This is not a formal sort of dialogue. This is just a free flow, uh, conversation among four brothers, really. So, uh, there's not a moderator. Uh, I'm running the live stream. So I by default have to serve as the host. Uh, so, but Dr. Howe and I obviously share, uh, very similar, uh, thoughts on these issues. And I've, I've learned, uh, most everything I claim to sort of kind of almost know, uh, from him and, uh, from his colleagues uh, at SES. So, uh, I do agree. I think, uh, I'll just elaborate on one thing Dr. Howe said, um, First of all, I appreciate what R.C. Sproul and and others have said uh, that the heart can't embrace what the mind doesn't think is true, Uh, and so I do think it's important that we uh, talk to people as human beings, uh, understanding that. See, that would be my
1: real problem. Yeah, regeneration isn't just a heart issue. Yeah, that's that. To me, I think that that's a false dichotomy. Um, I don't think that I said that when we responded.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so the heart. I mean, we we're hitting a uh, a verbal meme here. Yeah, but um, the heart can't embrace what the mind doesn't believe it's true. But it's the heart that needs to be changed so that their mind can be renewed. I that's a meme and a poem.
1: Boom! You yeah, just, it just hit came it, off
0: right out of my head there. Yeah, Man. I like it. But make, anyway, but that make but that's sure the you problem. record that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I did. I, I hit the no. record button earlier. I'm good. Yeah, and I that, didn't but, tell you to. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah. So the heart needs to be changed. That's the mm. problem. That is the exact difference in yeah. our understanding the difference in of our theology their heart is wrong and that's why they think we have a problem of ontology and epistemology and how we conflate them um, but the epistemology how you know things and all like it's 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 all connected and this is this is comes from that multifaceted or multi-perspectival issue as is how things play with one another that we can't look at parts and pieces just by themselves and that's yeah. why i think classicalism does Yes, and I, I think you're right. On that. does, I think and that's that you're why correct it seems so arbitrary. Um, you've got to w- see how things play together.
1: And and let me say this, and I think it needs to be well said. There is no lack of respect for those who are classical apologists here in this room.
0: Again, it's tradition, and I I, totally I will get it. critique
1: what I think that is done that is really bad. Um, and I think I've I've noted that a few times. But I do believe someone can be one to the gospel through the use of classical apologetics. I just don't think it's consistent. Yeah.
0: Well, again, it's not And that's one, why I won't use yeah, it's it. A, it's a means used, but then again, it's not the thing that makes it happen. And we both Pe- rec- and we, People use altar yeah.
1: calls. Yeah. That's not in scripture.
0: Yeah. People have come to salvation through altar calls. So is it okay, you know, if we're going to go with this line of reasoning, is it okay to just give somebody Buddhism as long as they end up with the triune God afterwards? No, no, you don't do that. Yeah. So I'm not saying that classical apologetics is as bad as giving somebody Buddhism. So don't hear me wrong on that. Different category than Rustine. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, if God uses bad things, then why are we even having this debate? Why are we even having this debate? Well, because there is an axe to grind because they believe that what we are doing has to be wrong, yes, or else we're stuck in relativism and what they're doing is okay. If if God just uses means, then why are we having this discussion? Yeah. Are they mad at the presuppositionalist because we're coming at them saying what they're doing and, is wrong, and, and what or do I, they believe again, what, what we're doing is wrong? And so, if, again, if this is just, if God just uses means, bad or good, to do what he wants, then this... Discussion doesn't even need to happen. Yeah, but the question
1: comes again from me. Yeah. Correct me according to Scripture. Titus chapter 1, verse 9. Speaking of what the function of the pastor elder is, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. So that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and rebuke those who contradict. Okay, Paul's being pretty clear here that he's talking about the, the scripture, right? Yeah, Second uh, Timothy, chapter three, verse sixteen. Um, scripture is useful for correcting. Paul saying very clearly in First Corinthians that what he's writing is a command from God. Jude, verse 3, very clearly, the idea is you correct people according to what Scripture says. So, my issue is, Scripture then must be the standard. Now, they're going to say, I agree. My problem is the inconsistency with the methodology, since I can't find it in the text of Scripture.
0: If it's a standard, yeah, and if if scripture is the standard that uh, you had to repent and walk in, then why can't you challenge the one that needs to repent to walk in the standard with the standard?
1: Yes, 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 yes,
0: cut half of the battle out and just go, This is what I believe, and I will defend the hope that lies within me, not bend to you. Like, it's not about you. You're asking me the questions and I'm going to go play defense with the offense from the only thing that can make any of what this person is doing intelligible. Yes. And then hold them and let God be the judge of them instead of them being the judge of God. Right on. So, I think that's a good stopping point yeah, for today. Yeah, it's good, man. We'll I, was, I, was, I, actually got, th- I think was we got fun. a few extra minutes in.
1: So, let's make sure next <laughs> so time, so should we all know what we're going to do next time? We will probably do two shows next week. And then we might not have a a live show for a week or two after that, probably. Um, Well, I probably won't be in studio for one of those. Um, But we're going to hopefully have Andrea DiLorenzo on to talk a little bit about pandemic and the worldview that underlies it. We'll also deal with Mr. Tucker's article. Hopefully, not only will we deal with it spoken, uh, I will also... Hopefully we'll have some type of a written response to it as well, which I think is, well, which is an easy piece for Adam and I to do together. Yeah. Uh, And then we will continue to work through this debate. Yeah. Sound good? Awesome. I just made all those plans for us right here, so...
0: Well, thank you guys uh, for uh, being a part of the Tag you It podcast live, and for you guys that download this podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. We hope that uh, you've enjoyed this thing being on Podbean and all that kind of stuff, too, so that's been an awesome move, and I'm still enjoying that as well, so, um, but yeah, Me thank too. you guys, and God bless you guys, and may he keep you guys, and may his face shine upon you, so that, with that
1: said, little number, little number six, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, so with that said, this is the Tag Your podcast, I'm Ray Ray, and I am Dave, and so Deo Gloria